Hey friends, happy Packers game day. It's finally here. Before we get started, I thought I'd let you in on my prize pick selections for today's big game. I've got Aaron Jones, less than 13 rushing attempts, Jordan Love, more than 12.5 rushing yards, and DJ Moore, more than 3.5 receptions. Have a feeling Chicago is going to target more early and often. Have a feeling Jordan Love's going to have to scramble a little bit, and we know they take care of Aaron Jones, and I would expect a pretty decent split between both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So feel really confident in those selections, what could possibly go wrong. But I just want to say something. I know that obviously uh, this is uh, something that we are sponsored for with prize picks, but just honest to goodness, like true wholeheartedly, I've done a lot of daily fantasy games. It is incredible how easy and fun prize picks really legitimately is. Like it is extremely easy to use. I've found things like this extremely complicated in the past. And this one is just very easy. I made those picks in like under 30 seconds and really enjoyed doing it. And I'm honestly looking forward to seeing how these selections turn out. So right now you can go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for first deposit deposit match up to $100. That's P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y, no hyphens, no nothing else. So go out, check that out and get your first deposit match up to $100 right now. Twenty minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. We made it. We finally freaking made it. Happy game day, everyone. Packers, Bears, week one. The only thing that could possibly be better is if this thing was at Lambeau Field, but this is going to be amazing. I cannot wait. Welcome into the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Impossible not to have a massive smile on my face today because... Like I said, this is what we've been waiting for. And listen, the off season is fun for any of you who are complete junkies like me, which if you're here on a 365 day a year Packers podcast, you probably are. All of that stuff is insanely fun from the salary cap ramifications to the draft, to free agency, to all of it. It is literally a 365 day a year process, but it's all to get to this point. It's all to actually play the games. And there's so few of them, you know, that you're only guaranteed 17. That's it. That's all you get for sure. And every one of those is so insanely valuable every single year. And this is going to be one of them. And when it's Packers, Bears, and there's been this much smack talk for the entirety of the offseason, even from a team that was the worst team in football a season ago, it's going to mean something. And I think this game is going to be a ton of fun to watch. I think it is a complete coin flip going in. Your guess is as good as mine. If I knew the outcome, I would win all my money in Vegas, but I'm going to give you my prediction anyway. But this is going to be a amazing day. I, at noon, we're going to get the Octo Box on the uh, Red Zone channel. Then we're going to get to kick off Packers, Bears, and a slew of other games. And then you get Sunday Night Football. It'll be Aaron Rodgers on Monday night. Like I, I have literal goosebumps and I'm geeking out just even thinking about it. Before we get into the actual preview itself, we did have some news on Saturday that is going to affect both of these teams. Let's start with Chicago first, and we'll get to Green Bay. Chicago calls up Stephen Carlson, a tight end, and Demarcus Gates, a linebacker. Meanwhile, they release Dylan Cole, also a linebacker. The Gates move is a like-for-like move for Dylan Cole. Dylan Cole a little bit banged up. They terminated his contract. It's possible that he ends up back with the team at some point. It doesn't really matter. But Dylan Cole's main 
main job on the team is a special teamer. He's a depth piece at linebacker, but his goal and his job is special teams. DeMarcus Gates is exactly the same way. So I'm sure they would love to have their preferred guy there in Dylan Cole, uh, but with Cole gone, DeMarcus Gates is a solid fallback. Uh, he was, I believe, uh, a, I don't know if it was XFL or I think it was CFL, but uh, one of those where he played really, really well, went to Chicago a season ago. I think he made it through the entirety of last season, either on their roster or pre, uh, practice squad, but went on the practice squad this year. They call him up. He will be a key part of their special teams. Meanwhile, the tight end call up is an interesting one. So Steven Carlson, the tight end, you look at their roster, he's got Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, like they've got plenty of tight ends. So that becomes a little bit more of a question mark until you find out later in the day that Robert Tunyon was added to the injury list as questionable with a back injury. So could just be insurance, like they want an extra guy up just in case the you know injury flares up through the course of the game. Or it could be that maybe Tunyon legitimately may not be able to play in this game. I don't think it affects anything too much. You're going to have Mercedes Lewis being their blocking tight end. You're going to have Cole Komet being their number one tight end. But I'm sure they have some you know packages that include Robert Tunyon and that could affect them in some capacity. So those were the Chicago Bears side of the news. On the Packers side of things, they call up two players as well. They call up Patrick Taylor and then they also call up Innis Gaines. Both of these extremely special teams moves. Innis Gaines, one of their core special teams. He will be active and will be part of a ton of different special teams groups, I am sure. And then Patrick Taylor, same exact thing. And I know there was some discourse through the course of the day uh, about like, why, why call up Patrick Taylor? You don't need a fourth running back. This is going to signal that Emmanuel Wilson is not going to be active in this game. You don't activate four running backs when... AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are going to get all of the carries anyway. So I, we've talked about this in the past, specifically when we were talking about which running back do you want to keep. Like the thing with Emmanuel Wilson is he's a running back. He his his like his skill his job is running the ball. He's not a great special teamer. He's not a great you know receiver out of the backfield. Not a great blitz pickup guy yet. He did have that really nice play at the end of preseason, but really he his his main skill is running the football. And you don't need that when Jones and Dylan are in the game. And you might say like, hey, I'm sure they want to run the ball a lot. Would you not like to have a third running back? You don't want to take any carries away from Aaron Jones and even you know AJ Dillon is the number two guy. So those are your your guys that are going to get all of the carries. And you might say like, well, what if there's an injury? Don't you want another? If you have an injury, you're you're like then preparing for like an emergency situation. And in that situation, Patrick Taylor can still run the football. It's not like it's going to be an albatross at running back. He will be just fine in an emergency situation. In the meantime, you get a much better special teams player. So uh, like I said, I think that is going to signal that Emmanuel Wilson is going to be inactive. And in the meantime, you get Patrick Taylor and Ennis Gaines as two of your key uh, special teams call-ups for this game. The big news here, though, for Green Bay is that they did not call up any wide receiver. And if they had any real legitimate true concern about Romeo Dobbs not being able to play in this game, like even if there was an inkling of, of him, like maybe it could flare up and he couldn't go, they're going to call up a fifth, you know, a fifth guy, whether that be Bo Melton, uh, you know, whether that be Grant Dubose, I, I don't know which one they would have picked. I think they would have went with Bo Melton for special teams as well. But for sure, for sure, for sure, if they thought there was any chance that Dobbs was not going to play, they would have called up another wide receiver. You can't go in with just four. And uh, again, you run into a situation there where if another wide receiver gets hurt, now you're down to three and now you're really in an issue. So uh, I think that that is a phenomenal sign for Romeo Dobbs that he is going to be good to go, that they don't have really any concerns and that they didn't have to bring up another wide receiver off the practice squad. However, they did call up two players. And what that does mean is they're going to have to deactivate or make inactive seven players 
from their roster. And this gets pretty tricky to start to put together when you start looking at the names that they could potentially deactivate prior to the game. They'll have until 1.55 p.m. Central Time in order to put their inactives in. But here is my best guess as to who will be inactive for this game. Christian Watson, clearly. Emmanuel Wilson, we just talked about. Caleb Jones, I just think you have Rasheed Walker and Yash Nyman at tackle ahead of him. I just can't sit, you know, find a situation where Caleb is active for this game. Either Sean Ryan or Royce Newman. My guess here is that Sean Ryan will be inactive and Royce Newman will be active. I know a lot of you don't want to hear that, but Royce Newman can play more positions, and I think that's going to give him the benefit there over Sean Ryan for a game day roster. Would expect uh, Royce Newman to be the eighth offensive lineman in this game, but uh, it, you it easily could be Sean Ryan active and Royce Newman inactive, but one of those two for sure will be inactive. I'm going to guess Sean Ryan. Brenton Cox will be likely inactive at edge rusher. I think Anthony Johnson Jr. gets deactivated as well. You have all the other safeties, you know, specifically your two starters in Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage. You've got Jonathan Owens, and then you've got your core special teamers in Zane Anderson as well as Dallin Levitt. So I think based on special teams, my guess is that Anthony Johnson Jr. is not active. And then the other one's really, really hard. But I'm going to say Ben Sims as well, a mixture of, you still have three tight ends if you want to consider DeGuara in that conversation as well with Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave, and Josiah DeGuara. And I just don't know how much of the system that he knows at this point is he, you know, can he be a core special teamer with this few, or like not a ton of playing time. And quite frankly, I just don't know who else you even consider at this point. Here are your other options to consider. Carl Brooks would be one. That brings you down to only four defensive linemen, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, and Colby Wooden. I don't think they go down to four in this game against a team that you know is going to want to run the ball a ton against you. So I can't imagine that it's Carl Brooks and that they only go with four. They could do Zane Anderson, but my guess is he's going to be a core special teamer. They did call up Ennis Gaines, so that's a possibility as well. And then the other one is Jonathan Owens. If they felt like, hey, you know, we've got our two starters and Owens is good, but like, I think he's going to have to be the next safety up if someone gets hurt. So I can't imagine that it's him either. So I think it kind of has to, that last one kind of has to be Ben Sims by default, but we'll see. 1.55 p.m. Central Time, we will find out the official inactives, but my official prediction, Christian Watson, Emmanuel Wilson, Caleb Jones, Sean Ryan, Brenton Cox, Anthony Johnson Jr., and Ben Sims. All right, let's jump in then to our main topic, and that is going to be everything that is going to be worth watching. And it goes without saying every time that, you know, turnovers, you know, is going to be a key to the game. I'm not going to use that as a a cop-out. You know, special teams is going to be worth keeping an eye on as well. That could definitely swing the game. Yes, all, all those things are true. But here are the 10 things besides the obvious ones that are going to be very much worth monitoring through the course of this game and will ultimately dictate the winner in this game. And speaking of dictating, number one on my list is who dictates to their terms in this game. I I can't think of anything that is going to be more important than this. And what I mean by this is, let's start with Chicago side of things. They run the ball incredibly well. One of the best running offenses in all of the NFL last year. Green Bay allowed five yards per carry on the ground last year. Their run defense was terrible. Chicago's run offense was amazing. And a part of that is Justin Fields and his scrambling and running ability. Yeah, that is a part of that. That is a big part of that. And that is tough to stop. So if Chicago is able to continuously and consistently run the ball throughout the entire course of the game, that is going to spell a lot of trouble for Green Bay. If Green Bay is allowing 5.0 yards or worse per carry in this game, that is going to spell trouble throughout the course of this game. So Green Bay has to figure out a way to stop the run. If they cannot, 
probably looking at a long day for the Green Bay Packers. And on the flip side, it's going to be, you know, Chicago's defensive backs, in my opinion, is the strongest aspect of this Bears team. I really like Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson, their second round pick, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker. Like those are those are really, really good football players. And you're now without Christian Watson at wide receiver. So can those defensive backs in Chicago shut down Green Bay's passing attack? And I think that's the other part of this. So if you're Green Bay, you want to run the ball on offense and establish Aaron Jones and and AJ Dillon and make sure that you're staying balanced on offense. And you want to make sure that Justin Fields has to beat you with his arm and you know he can't beat you with his legs and their trio of running backs can't beat you with their legs. You want to take away the run. So if Chicago is running the ball, and you know Green Bay has to pass the ball a ton, advantage Chicago in a massive way. If Green Bay can run the ball and stay balanced, I don't think they have to be like Chicago here where they have to average five point something yards per carry and have to base their entire offense around running the ball, but I do think they have to stay balanced. I think if Jordan Love gets in the 40 plus passing attempts per game, I think once again, it's going to spell trouble for Green Bay and then vice versa for the other side. If Justin Fields has to throw 40 times a game, even like 30 plus times a game, I really like Green Bay in this one as well. So this one is going to be a very you know, key factor of like, who's dictating the terms of engagement in this game. And I'll say it one more time. Chicago runs the ball, makes Green Bay pass a ton, advantage Chicago. Green Bay stays balanced, makes Chicago pass a ton, advantage Green Bay. So whoever wins that is is in large part probably going to win this game. And that's 1A on my list of things to keep an eye on. Number two, it's the battle of the young quarterbacks. And I know these are cliche and lame because guess what? Spoiler alert, Jordan Love and Justin Fields will never be on the field at the same time other than when they're shaking hands at the end of the game. So it, it's it's a stupid sort of like, oh, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. It's not those two versus each other. They're, it's not like, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to line up at middle linebacker to stop Tom Brady. You know, those, those were always the, the matchups and stuff. And in this case, same thing. Jordan Love, Justin Fields. It's not like one of them is going to be lining up to stop the other one. But this is like we're getting a glimpse at the potential future of the NFC North, good, bad, or ugly. We just don't know which, what it's going to be for either of these quarterbacks. Justin Fields could look amazing. He could take a major step and he could start throwing the ball all around the field. And if that ends up being the case, look the heck out for Chicago because they've got a real legitimate passing quarterback who can sit in the pocket and pick you apart with all these new weapons at wide receiver, or he can scramble around and beat you that way as well. If that becomes the case, Chicago becomes a much better team very, very fast. From Green Bay side of things, you know, very similar where if Jordan Love has the poise and the confidence and the, you know, balance of the offense that we saw throughout training camp and preseason, it's going to be probably a long day for Chicago. And it's potentially a huge step for the Packers and the NFC North as well. This is our first glimpse of 2023 Jordan Love and Justin Fields. Justin Fields getting another opportunity this year to be the guy. Jordan Love getting the first opportunity to be the guy. But these two quarterbacks, these young, athletic, incredibly talented quarterbacks who have to still put everything together, this is our first glimpse of them in 2023. And like I said, how they perform could, not just in this game, of course, but like overall could completely alter the state of the NFC North, both now and into the future. So this is our our first look at that. And I'm going to be really interested to see who performs better, who sets their quarterbacks up for success. And do either of these quarterbacks, uh, Daniel Jeremiah and Move the Sticks and and, uh, Bucky Brooks, they will call it trucks or trailers. Like, is your quarterback a truck or is he a trailer? Meaning are, is like the truck is pulling the rest of the team and you're like, you're winning because of the truck. The trailer is you're behind. The team has to pull you. And 
is Jordan Love or Justin Fields? Are they a truck? Are they are are they you know taking their team along with them to try to win or to to win games and you know being the guy? Or are they trailers? Or do you have to have perfect situations and circumstances around those players in order to succeed? So definitely going to be keeping an eye on the quarterback position in this game. Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We made it. It's officially football season, which means... It's the best time of the year, but also it means that I'm going to be really freaking busy. If you're like me and your busy fall season is already in full swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Factor lets you level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Personally, I'm trying to eat healthier, so their calorie-conscious options are perfect for my meal plan. They have delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. 
Best of all, with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash packaday50 and use code packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code packaday50 at factormeals.com slash packaday50 to get 50% off. Number three, another huge one, can Chicago rush the passer? David Bakhtiari likely going to start at left tackle. Zach Tom likely going to start at right tackle. And you've got this experienced interior of John Runyon Jr. and and Elton Jenkins at guard. And this is now Josh Myers' third year as a starting center. You've got great depth behind those guys throughout the entirety of the offensive line. If anything were to happen, we saw how shut down Green Bay was in preseason. Yes, preseason, we know, but they looked fantastic. And now you have a Chicago defensive front who really, 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 really struggled to rush the passer a season ago. And they don't have a ton of weapons here. Demarcus Walker and Yannick Ngakwe are new to the edge position. I don't think Green Bay is super worried about either of them, if I'm being totally honest. Justin Jones talked a lot of smack on the interior. Uh, Gravon Dexter and Zach Pickens, they're two uh, early draft picks. I think definitely Dexter has an opportunity to get into the backfield, especially if he can get over Josh Myers maybe a little bit. But overall, this is not a top tier pass rushing team. And yes, they have got great secondary and that can make it so that those time, th- those Uh, players up front have a little bit more time to get to the quarterback. But if Jordan Love has time, it's the same thing the other way around. You know, it doesn't matter how good your secondary is. If that offensive line is protecting Jordan and giving him that clean pocket, well, then Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and Romeo Dobbs and all those guys have the opportunity to open up more. And I think that's going to be another real key to this game. I, I don't think that this is going to be a game. I know everyone wants to just be like, hey, just feed Aaron Jones, feed Aaron Jones, feed Aaron Jones. I do think Green Bay is going to want to stay balanced. I do think Matt LaFleur is going to trust Jordan to throw the ball around. And if he has time, he's going to be set up for success. And I think the Packers offensive line has a huge advantage from a pass rush standpoint going against the Chicago Bears and their weaker edge defenders and pass rushers on the interior. Number four is the young you know weapons for Green Bay. Romeo Dobbs is a little bit banged up, we know. Then you got Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Malik Heath, Dontavian Wicks, Samori Toure, Tucker Craft. A lot of inexperience in that group, but a ton of talent in that group. And like I said, Chicago secondary, in my opinion, very, very good. So this is going to be a very good test. Chicago secondary, also very young. So you kind of get this really fun matchup of young, talented secondary, who probably is, definitely has more experience than Green Bay's uh, you know, wide receiver core and, and tight end group. But you also have this young and inexperienced, but super talented wide receiver and tight end group for Green Bay. And who gets the best of that is going to be really interesting to watch. And I just want to see, like, I don't care who they're going against, to be honest. I want to see who steps up from that group. Is it just Romeo Dobbs? Is he just kind of the guy and the, you know, the, the player that Jordan trusts? Or is it Musgrave? Is it Jaden Reed? Is it Malik Heath? I just want to see how those guys work together and our real first glimpse of a lot of these really young players, like I said, super talented, but now they're going to get a real taste of the NFL regular season. That's a different ball game. And how do those guys respond? Another thing I'll be keeping an eye on. Number five is not as fun. In fact, it's really not fun at all, but it's still worth saying. And that's Soldier Field. And I'm going to be keeping an eye on it for a couple of reasons. A, it is sometimes a death trap for injuries. Like 
how many guys have messed up knees and whatever because of the crappy field at Soldier Field. So can Green Bay avoid injuries in this game, stay healthy, keep everyone on the field and get to week two without having any major injuries from that Chicago, whatever they want to call it, field, turf, I don't know, but it's awful usually. So can they get out of the game without any major issues there? And the other is, this is a very big game for you know tickets and the, the Chicago crowd and selling out. And it is going to be a packed house. It is going to be a loud stadium. This is a you know fan base that is really rallied around this Chicago Bears team. We'll see how that turns out for them. But I expect a very difficult environment to play in and how Green Bay responds to that is going to be key in this one as well. Number six, what style of defense do the Packers play? Is there something new this year? Every indication is that this is going to be a more aggressive, more attacking defense. Let's see it. And it's one thing to be like, hey, we're going to be more aggressive and attacking and it has to work because if not, then you got to be more passive and play off and you just, you know, it can, it can evolve through the course of the year for sure. But I want to see how this team plays. Do we see some of those, you know, third and five, everyone lining up 15 yards off the ball or, you know, corners up in wide receivers faces. And, you know, just in general, like how, how are they scheming against this Bears team? I mentioned the other day, I don't think you want to play man-to-man because Justin Fields will run all over you if he gets those opportunities. So I think there's going to be a lot of zone, but they're going to have to switch things up. And I just want to see if this is a rallying to the football team defense, 11 guys on the same page and playing an attacking brand of football. That's a hope, fingers crossed, but I'll believe it when I see it. Next up is Rashawn Gary and David Bakhtiari two phenomenal football players that we just don't know from an injury standpoint how they're going to look playing in this game. We can talk all we want about like, hey, David Bakhtiari doesn't need the practice reps and things like that. And there's an absolute truth to that, but he hasn't practiced. Like it's one thing if he's like practicing like once a week and then then you're probably a little bit more like, yeah, it doesn't matter. But like he hasn't practiced the last couple weeks. Like it's been a hot second since he has been on the field. And just from a stamina and endurance, like, can he last the entire game? And does he look like David Bakhtiari? That, that is a huge piece of this game. And then Rashawn Gary, we know he's going to be on a pitch count. We know he's going to play, but how much can he play and how effective can he be? Elton Jenkins last year, and part of it was because he was at right tackle instead of his normal left guard position. But he spent, like, he was out the first two weeks and then he came back in the first five games of the season, somewhere on there. He was like, he was bad and like bordering on really bad. So like sometimes it takes a hot second for you to get back and play in the way that you're used to. And by the end of the year, Elton looked like Elton, which was amazing. So does Rashawn look like Rashawn from day one, from week one, or is this going to take, you know, all of a sudden like week seven, you're like, ah, there's, there's Rashawn. There's the Rashawn Gary we remember. So we'll see, but those are two players that I'm definitely keeping an eye on as well, because they, Green Bay needs those two to play at a high level when they're in there and they need them to play as much as possible. We, like I said, we know Rashawn's on a pitch count, but Overall, it's going to be something that is going to be very impactful in this game based on how those two play, good or bad. Anders Carlson, number eight. This is a close game. And you know what close games come down to? Usually minuscule amount of points. And a lot of times a field goal, an extra point here or there. If Anders Carlson is missing easy points and, and you're losing points because your kicker can't make the you know the easy field goals and extra points that he needs to make and convert, that could easily flip this game on its head. So Anders has to be good in this game. I mean, he has to be good all season long, of course, but this is one of those games that could swing on any little small piece of momentum. And if Green Bay is, you know, 17-17 tied and Carlson has a chance to take the lead with two minutes left and he misses a field goal wide right, Chicago gets better field position because of it. And then they can go down and kick the game winning field goal. Like those things matter a ton. So Anders Carlson going to be a huge key in this game. 
Number nine is the Packers safeties. I mentioned it the other day. You don't want DJ Moore taking a three yard pass and taking it 70 yards. You want to make, you know, Chicago drive the entire length of the field and go 18 plays, 80 yards. You have to make them earn it. And if DJ Moore can split those two safeties and make it so that they're not, uh, you know, you know th- that they're not making the safe play, that they're not tackling, like that, that's a problem. You ha- you cannot give up those those big plays. And the, the play of the safeties, and specifically, I'll just say it all out, like Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford, they need to be really good in this game. And that's not a great place to be in because they have not, you know, particularly been great in previous seasons. So I trust me, nothing would give me more joy than to see those safeties go out and ball the heck out. Like, I really liked Darnell Savage coming out. I liked his rookie season enough. His, I thought his second year was really, really good, but his last two years have just been really, really bad. I want to see that guy succeed a ton. I just, I, you know, I'm not holding my breath on it at this point. And Rudy Ford had a really nice, you know, I know string of appearances last year where he made some really big plays. You just ideally in an ideal world, you don't want him as your number two starter. You just kind of want him more as a depth piece, but I'm cheering those guys on. I hope they have an awesome game, but I think they're going to need to, to contain some of those explosive plays by this Bears offense. And then speaking of which, number 10, my last and final one, explosive plays on both sides. And maybe this is a little bit cheesy in the realm of, you know, turnover worthy plays and those sort of things. But we talk all the time, about the two high safeties and teams trying everything in their power to not give up explosive plays. There are plenty of playmakers in this game and explosives can come Keyshawn Nixon as a kick returner. It can come as a pick six. It can come in so many different ways. So those big explosive plays, I don't think these two teams right now are at a, a place where they can put up 30 some points without getting huge, huge plays. Like I don't think they can just consistently put together drive after drive after drive after drive, either team. So if you can get some of those big plays, it's going to put you in the driver's seat and give you a massive advantage in this game. Those are my 10 takeover, my 10 things that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Again, A, who dictates the game. Two, the battle of the young quarterbacks. Three, can Chicago rush the passer. Four, the young weapons for Green Bay. Five, Soldier Field, both the noise and the injuries. Six, what style of defense do the Packers play? Seven, Rashawn Gary and David Bakhtiari and their general health and how do they look? eight, Anders Carlson, nine, the Packers safeties, and then 10, those explosive plays. All right. My prediction, my ultimate final prediction for this game, I'm going Packers 16, Bears 15. I think Bears get a touchdown. Um, and then I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say they get a touchdown, miss the extra point, but they get uh, three field goals. So a little bit weird, but I'm going to say that's where they end up. I'm going to say they end up with 15 points. I'm going to say Green Bay gets two touchdowns. Uh, one missed extra point and one field goal as well. This is a soldier field, windy conditions, maybe who knows, but maybe a couple weird ex- missed extra point things. But I'll say Packers 16, Bears 15, final score, Packers going 1-0 and on the season. Quick shout out to our new Pro Bowl members, Salty Jordy, John Knapp, Jordan Shapiro, Jimmy T, and JBC. Also, John Wild, our newest Hall of Fame member, becomes our third Hall of Fame member. John Wild, PJ Wynn, and Most Hated Minnesotan. Today's a, not the last day you can sign up for for whenever, but is now is still a great time where if you haven't signed up yet, you can become a, um, a Pro Bowl member and then you get access to the ESPN Pick'em League where you are able to pick the games all year long. And the winner at the end of the season is going to get two regular season tickets uh, to a game next year. 
So you can still sign up today. You've only missed one game so far. So sign up before noon, get all your picks in and have that chance to win those two Packer tickets to next season. Enjoy game day, everyone. I think it's going to be beyond amazing. I can't wait to see how things play out. I will be here right after the game with a live post game show on YouTube. So make sure to check that out. But until next time, and as always, and especially today, beat the freaking bears and go pack go.